Okay, we have been going through the Ten Commandments, and uh, today we are going to do commandment number two. So if you have your Bibles or your device or whatever it is that you use to read the Word, we are turning to Exodus 20 today. Exodus 20. Oh, I forgot. Welcome, people. Oh, my goodness. We have some visitors here. I'm so sorry. If you are visiting for the first time today, raise your hands. Uh, <laughs> okay, Hannah. Do you mind grabbing a bag for me, Hannah? Is there anybody else here for your first time? All right. Oh, there we are. <laughs> awesome. We're going to get you guys a little gift bag. And um, just a little gift for you. And if you want to fill out that visitor's card that's inside there and drop it off at the welcome desk, we'd love to connect with you. We welcome you. We have coffee afterwards. Everybody look at their faces. And we have coffee afterwards, so go snatch them up and take them with you to have coffee. <laughs> so we welcome you to see your new church. Thank you. That's awesome. Okay. We're going to get into the Word today. And we're doing Exodus 20. And we're doing... Um, the second commandment. And just to kind of preface a little bit, just to remind you guys, um, when we read in Matthew for the past couple of weeks, just to reiterate, um, the Ten Commandments are really for us to, um, it's not rules and regulations, it is really more of a guide where God is trying to um, give, us, give us ways that we can come and come to know him better in a deeper relationship. He's trying to teach us things through this to, to help us along our journey um, in the Lord. And in Matthew, we read a couple of times um, just to kind of, because we don't totally throw out the Old Testament. We read in Matthew that Jesus says that he has come to fulfill the Old Testament and wait and fill, fulfill the law and put it all together. So we don't want to throw out all that's in the Old Testament. We need to understand that Jesus came to, to fulfill it, to complete it. He is part of it. And remember that he also said that the Ten Commandments are all hanging on love, on loving God and loving our neighbor. It's all on love. So it's not a matter of pointing fingers and saying, you can't do this. It's all on love. And he gives us these laws, not just the ones that we're talking about today, the Ten Commandments, but there's over 600 laws in the Old Testament. And he gives us those so that we can kind of have a guide on how, which will help us in our relationship with him. So we're going to do Exodus 24, um, 20, verse 4, 6. And I'm just going to read that to you today. And then we'll kind of just take it apart a little bit. Um, okay, so reading at verse 4. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on earth, beneath you, or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commands. So there's a lot in that verse. So we're going to kind of break it apart. Last week we talked about um, not worshiping other gods, only worshiping God, our creator. And so we, we need to understand that the first commandment that we talked about is talking about who we worship 
And this second commandment now, he is trying to teach us on how we are to worship him. So we find out in the first commandment that God condemns, he does not want us to worship false gods at all. We're only to worship the one and true God. And then now in this second commandment, we see that God condemns the worship of the true God in a false manner. So today we're going to be talking about how do we worship God? What does that look like? And are we doing it in a manner that is honoring God? So we all worship something. We worship God in music this morning. We had a beautiful time singing and worshiping and singing unto the Lord. We all worship something. That is just how we're created. And so today we're going to talk about what is it that you're worshiping and how are you worshiping? So are you worshiping God and how are you worshiping him? Okay. So in this scripture verse, he is talking about don't some of your versions may say um, don't have a graven image above me or about me. Here he in, in NIV it says do not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. So God does not want us to have any kind of um, image, a statue, anything like that, that we worship that will represent him. So let me kind of explain a little bit what that looks like. If we turn to um, Exodus 32, verse 4, and we are going to see where the Israelites actually made something, made a calf, to try to worship God with. So Exodus 32, verse 4. Moses, just to give you a little bit of preface of what's happening here, um, the Israelites have just been taken out of Egypt. They were slaves for, for generations and generations, and God finally took them out. Moses took them out of Egypt, and now they are in the wilderness, and God is trying to bring them to the promised land that he has given them. Moses went up to Mount Sinai to go and have some time with the Lord and just kind of connect with the Lord, and he was gone for about a month. And the people all of a sudden started to get a little antsy because Moses is not around. Their leader is not around. And so the people went to Moses' brother Aaron and said to him, um, come, verse, where are we going to start reading here? Verse 1, it says, come, make us gods who will go before us. As for the fellow Moses who brought us here up in Egypt, we don't know what has happened to him. So all of a sudden now they are in fear and they go to Aaron and they say, Aaron, we need you to make us something that we can worship. Verse 4, he took what they handed him and made it, so he took all kinds of gold, I'm just kind of paraphrasing here, and made it into an idol cast in the shape of a calf, fashioning it with a tool. Then they said, these are your gods, Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. So the Israelites have this golden calf that they now started to worship, and for them the calf represented God, and so they were worshiping this calf. But the problem is, is the calf is a golden statue. The golden statue has no power. It is not a god. 
but they have created something because they feel like they need something visual to be able to worship and to be able to look at and honor it as if it was God. But it is not God. And so God is trying to teach them and teach us in this verse that he doesn't want us to worship anything other than him. And sometimes it's hard because we as people, we need to have something that we can physically see to be able to say, okay, this is what I'm worshiping. This is the God that I am worshiping. But God here is saying, I don't want you to make an image. We, we have no idea. God, God doesn't have you know, a specific, this is what he looks like, and his hair is this color, and his eyes are these. That's not how God has been created. God is a spirit. So we cannot just design something out of our own minds to make an idea of what we think God looks like and then put it to that and start to worship it. Now, there's things that we can also worship that maybe we don't look at it as necessarily as God, our creator, but we, I mean, you guys have heard these messages, I'm sure, time and time again about having idols in our lives. And this is, you know, even though we've heard it and heard it and heard it, I think sometimes it's a really good thing to be reminded of keeping a check on our heart and keeping a check on our lives. So there's things that we maybe put before God that we might say, I'm not worshiping that. But are we putting it before and making it more important than God in our lives. So it can be anything from, you know, our devices, our phones, our, our car, our money, our relationship with somebody, our house. It could be anything at all. Anything that we focus on and give more time and more energy to than we do in our relationship with God. So here, the idea of worship can go in both ways. It can be something completely separate from God, that you have put more importance in your life, this is more important to me, and, and we don't necessarily um, verbalize that. We don't necessarily will say, this is more important to me than God. Because the second we say that, we're gonna realize that we have an idol. So it might not be something that we verbalize or that we concentrate on and we think, oh yeah, I do spend more time with that, that, but God's okay with that, or I'm okay with that, or whatever. But it's something that we do without realizing. So have a check in your own life and in your own spirit. What are you putting more importance and more time into than your time with God? So when people say to me, you know, I really want to read the Word of God, but I'm just so busy. I don't have time. You have just put something before God. You have just made that your idol. Without saying it's your idol, you have just said, I don't have time for God. We had a word come forth this morning where God is saying, it's a new day and I want you to press in to a closer place with me. God desires for us to have relationship with him. God wants us to make him number one in our lives. So we need to take a check and see, are we doing that? Are we in fact doing that? Or are we putting our job, our families, or anything, anything at all that is taking priority? So think about your day. Do you carve out time for God?
Do you carve out time to spend with him? Is he most important in your life? So we can also have things that we worship that are good and, and God-honoring, so we think, but they can become bad. So what does that look like? Our Bible, the physical Bible itself. I've had people get irate with me because I write in my Bible. For me, I, I have all kinds of notebooks, but I love to make notes in my Bible. This is God's spoken word. This is God's word. But this physical paper and the book is a book. And if I worship this and, and hold it to high esteem, this is a graven image. This is an image of God. I need to worship God and not, oh, don't touch the Bible. Don't, you're going to be, you know, the thumbs are going to come down on you. And you're going to be squashed. <laughs> this is, it's paper. It's man-made. This is man-made. Yes, the words inside of it are God's words. And we need to honor and respect and worship the God who wrote those words. The God who created those words. But we don't worship the actual book that was made by human hands. What about notoriety in church and position? And, you know, if I walked around to all of you and was like, well, I am the pastor, and you are to worship the ground that I walk on because I'm a pastor, then all of a sudden I am worshiping myself and my position instead of worshiping God. And I'm expecting you to worship me instead of God. And that's wrong. So it can be something that is, that is good, but then turn into something bad. So whenever I try my hardest, whenever people um, come to me and they, you know, that was a really good word, or, or when you preach, whatever, 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 and I have to give it back to God. I have to give the honor back to the Lord because the only way that I can do what I do is because of God. And the second I stand there and go, oh, yes, well, thank you. I know, <laughs> I'm such a great speaker. <laughs> the second I do that, then I have put myself into God's position, and that's wrong. So notoriety in your position or whatever place where God has put you. Oftentimes in one of our, one of our small groups that we're gonna talk about that, is sometimes Christians will have an air about them that they are better than other people. Well, you're a sinner. You don't go to church. I'm better than you because I am a Christian. And, and we would never probably outright say that, but we have these thoughts in our minds when we look at people who aren't quite like us, when we look at people who are in the world, when we look at people, you know, that, that person on the side of the road who's begging for, for money or the drug addict on the street or, or, you know, whatever, and we look down on them, then all of a sudden we have raised ourselves up and made ourselves a God and worshipped ourselves 
rather than looking at them as a child of God and perhaps praying for them and asking God to help them and meet their needs and have, have that compassion for them. But the second we put ourselves higher in a higher regard, then we have just made an image of God. So the calf that we talked about was, was made to represent God. It wasn't actually God, but they made it to represent God. And that is where the issue comes. We can't have something that we worship and look at as if it is God. We're going to talk about verse 5, the first part of verse 5 in back to Exodus 20. The second part of this commandment. It says, you shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. And again, we can look at that word and we can go, jealous? Is it a sin to be jealous? Same thing when we talk about anger. We can talk about righteous anger. So we need to talk about in a, in a manner that is reflecting God. So what does it mean that God is a jealous God? And isn't it wrong to be jealous? I want you to think about um, if I was to have a picture of another man on my desk in a nice little frame, and Daryl comes into my office, and he's like, so who's the dude? (laughs) And I'll be like, oh, that's so-and-so. But when I look at him, I think of you. Does that make sense? It doesn't make sense. Right? He would obviously be jealous, rightfully so. And that's how God looks at us. He is jealous for our attention. So if we are looking at our devices and giving the devices more time, and God says, why do you not spend time with me? When you're always on your device or on TV or on Netflix or whatever, whatever. And when we say, oh, but God, when I do this, I think of you. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't add up. So God is a jealous God because he wants and he desires to have relationship with us. With you, with me. He desires to have that with us. And when we don't reciprocate, when we give our attention to something else, he is jealous because he loves us so much that he wants us to focus on him just as much. The second part of that verse Punishing the children for the sin of their parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. When we read that just for face value in the way it's taken, we would maybe think that that God is going to punish my children, my grandchildren, my grandchildren's children because I have served an idol. But when we take it back to to the actual, if we kind of pull it back to what he's actually trying to say here, 
He's actually talking about the influence that we have when we are serving an idol. And when our children see that we do that, they will then do it. So we see that a lot in, in the book of Kings, First and Second Kings. We see that a lot where it talks about um, the son did evil as he did, as the father did, or in the eyes of his father. When we go to Ezekiel, I'm just going to turn over there for a second. Ezekiel 18, verse 20. The one who sins is the one who will die. The child will not share the guilt of the parent, nor will the parent share the guilt of the child. The righteousness of the righteous will be credited to them, and the wickedness of the wicked will be charged against them. So when we read that, we understand that each person is responsible for their own sin. So I am not responsible for the sin of my parents, and my grandchildren are not, or my children are not responsible for my sin. But what I am responsible for and what could happen that will make my children and my grandchildren perhaps fall into sin is if I influence them, if I'm serving images, and then I then encourage them to do the same. So the only way that I can really kind of explain this the best, and this is at the risk of sounding like I'm tearing down a religion, and I don't mean to, but I grew up Catholic, as many of you know. And it was normal for us to grow up and in our homes or in my auntie's homes or my uncle's homes to have statues of Jesus, to have statues of Mary, to have statues of St. Peter, to have statues everywhere. Or to have um, candles that we would go light and honor, you know, one of the one of the saints or whatever. That was a normal thing. And and now my mom eventually found the Lord, and, and that, that, that train of things that were happening has been broken. But had that continued, then my mom teaching me, and me teaching my children, and my children teaching their children. So there's, there's going to be a string of us all worshipping false idols and not honoring God. So we are responsible, anyone who hears the word, every one of you are in the sound of my voice, you are responsible with what you personally will do with this information. You are responsible to yourself for your own, you know, when you come before the Lord, you're going to be responsible, but you will then be also responsible for the influence that you have on your children, on your children's children, and so on and so forth, down through the generation. The influence that you have with the knowledge that you have. So if you choose, I'm, I'm teaching you today, not to have an image before God. If you choose then to say, you know what, I don't really want to listen to her. I don't really want to listen to what the Bible says. I'm going to just continue doing what I want to do and continue to live in the manner that I want to live in. Then you have just chosen to do your will, your desire, and you will be responsible because the influence then will filter through to the ones who are watching you. Let's keep reading. This is a heavy verse. But showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. There is blessing. There is blessing that will come. We, we sing this song. It's called the blessing. 
to, to my family and to the generations after that and after that, a thousand generations after that. There is blessing that comes when we take the knowledge of the word of God and we take it and we heed to it and we listen and we honor God in everything that we do and we influence them our children, and we influence our grandchildren, and that influence continues to keep down. There is a blessing in that. There is a blessing as us as adults, as we influence those children that just walked out that door today, as we influence them when they come into church, that they sense love from us, and they sense how much you love Jesus, and they don't sense, you know, us putting ourselves before God, that they sense a humbleness in you, they will then take that on and experience that. And then they will continue. There's blessing in that that will come when we do that. When we follow God and we make a good impression and the influence, it will go on and on and on for generations to come. So my question to all of us today, what are you worshiping? How are you worshiping? When you take time looking at your life, what does that look like? And do we have excuses for the things that we give our time to? Well, you don't understand. I need to do this for my job. I need to do this for whatever. We can come up with all kinds of excuses on why we are not putting God number one in our lives. Let's turn to Exodus 32, 22 to 34. And this is again back to the calf. The Israelites have created this calf that's made out of gold, and they are worshiping it, but they're worshiping it in the sense that, well, it makes us think about God. When we're worshiping this, we're really worshiping you, God. And Moses comes down from Mount Sinai, and he goes to Aaron, and he's like, what are you doing? The God who took you out of Israel, the God who split the Red Sea, the God who, who did all these incredible things, how can you forget about that and start worshiping a golden calf? And here's Aaron's reply. Do, do not be angry, my lord, Aaron answered. You know how prone these people are to evil. They said to me, make us gods who will go before us. As for the fellow Moses, as this fellow Moses who brought us up from Egypt, we don't know what happened to him. So I told them, whoever has any gold jewelry, take it off. And they gave me the gold, and I threw it into the fire, and out came a calf. That's in the word of God. That's Aaron. I don't know how it happened. It's the weirdest thing. I just said to everybody, hey, give me your gold. So people are like taking off their jewelry and their necklaces and we put it all together in a great big bunch and then we throw it into the fire and poof! All of a sudden we have a calf. Must be God. And that sounds so ridiculous. And, and I, I'm sure Moses was like shaking his head like, 
For real? Is that really what, do you, like, really? But we can do the exact same thing. We can make up the exact same excuses. God, I, 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 I needed to do this. I needed to do that. I, I, I need my phone. I need, I need to spend time and do that. It's, it's entertainment for me. Or, or, or we post things on, on Instagram or, or Facebook in the hopes that we get all kinds of likes. Well, I need these likes because I need the affirmation that people really like me. I remember one time um, years ago ministering at another church, and let me just start off by saying I do not have a problem if people want to worship the Lord with flags, okay? So don't, don't jump on me on that one. But I remember being in a church and, and somebody was at the front with flags worshiping and the people in the front rows were like, like getting twacked in the head because somebody's flinging their flag around. So I had the lovely job of being asked to go and talk to them and ask them if they would kindly, if they're gonna use a flag to worship God, if they would kindly just do it at the back where you're not going to hit somebody in the head and take an eye out, or don't use it at all. You choose. And the response to me was, well, I can't worship without it. Well, I have a problem with that. Because if you need something physical, man-made, to help you worship God, there's a problem with your spiritual life. There's a disconnect somehow. And people say to me, well, I can only worship if we sing these particular songs or this style of music. That's the only way I can worship God. I have a problem with that. Because music is, you know, yes, it's God-inspired, but if we can only worship God by a certain song, there is a problem. Because I can worship God, and I hope you can too, with no music. I can go for a hike with my dog and worship God just by looking at the beauty outside. I don't need worship. Sometimes we get caught up in, in even just having to have music. Sometimes I will encourage you. Let's just worship God with our own words. Because sometimes we get so caught up in I need to have this to bring me to the throne room of God. If there's no music, how can I worship God? And oftentimes in services, as soon as the music stops, people stop worshiping. We can still worship God without music. There shouldn't be something physical and man-made that we need to help us to worship God. We should desire to long after him. Like we sang the one song this morning. Oh my gosh, it was beautiful. I think it was, which one was it now? Maybe King of Glory? Where we said we just want to be in God's presence. That's all I want. 
And I don't need anything, man-made, homemade, anything to bring me into a worship state. I just need to be in God's presence. I just need to sit down and just focus on Him. I don't need a golden calf. I don't need a statue. I don't need, you know, a picture or anything. I just need to sit and close myself in with the Lord. And are we doing that? I'm going to invite the worship team to come. <coughs> Can we sing? I'm, I'm sure it was King of Glory. This morning, I really, I, I, I'm not going to ask you to come forward and because because then people are going to be like, oh, they're worshiping idols. <laughs> this is this is between you and God time. And I really want to encourage you to just take a few moments to reassess in your life. What are you worshiping? What are you worshiping? What is more important? Really think about this. I, I, the word that came forward this morning was so timely. Press in with me. The times are falling short. And I know we've been talking about this since I was like little. And then we're in the last days. We're in the last days. I've been saying the last days since the beginning of the New Testament. This is the last days. But you know what? We're closer now than we ever have been. Man, look around us. I do not want to be caught falling short in my worship to God. I do not want to be caught worshiping something other than God. Where are you in all of that? If I was to ask you today, what is the most important thing in your life? Like, don't just jump and say, well, God, obviously. No, I really, I really want you to think about what do you give the most of your time to? What is number one priority in your life? That I know we have to be realistic and we have to work and we, have to, we can't just sit and read and pray 24 hours a day. I understand that. But what is on our mind the most? excuses are we giving to God because we give more of our time to whatever you fill in the blank. What's your excuse? What's your excuse? As we sing this song, can I encourage each and every one of us? Let's forget about the person beside us right now. And maybe you need to ask God for forgiveness. Maybe you need to say, God, wow, I didn't realize how much time I've been putting into something. I didn't realize how I've been putting my focus on other things other than you. I didn't realize how other things have become more important than my relationship with you. I didn't realize.
realize how I was taking on the glory when I should be giving the glory to you. I didn't realize how my life was not representing you to the best of my ability. Let's take some time this morning and can I ask you just to do some business with God today? Let's worship him this morning with this song. May the words just fill your heart. Hallelujah.